Welcome to FinTech. What the heck? I'm your host, Andrew Carpenter. This is the podcast all about FinTech and the future of data. This is our last episode of the season. Today, I'll be interviewing Valentin Molette, co-founder and CTO of Alquant, about enhancing traditional asset management. Uh, as I'm recording this, Intrinio hasn't launched this big change that you are now able to see on our website when this podcast is released. Internally, we called it Operation Simplify. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Intrinio, so we give all of our uh, undertakings operation names, and we called it Operation Simplify because we were trying to dramatically simplify the process of um, understanding what Intrinio offers, how it's priced, and uh, buying it. Um, we did a big change a year or two ago when we got rid of our marketplace and we've talked on the podcast about marketplaces um, and how there's a lot of them now and they actually are making things uh, challenging if you want to buy data. And Trinio has been a purely um, consultative sales approach. We have built custom bundles for all of our clients for the last year or two. Um, based on their needs, we include the different data sets that we have access to, partner data, um, and and that sort of thing. But um, it's still a challenging, uh, confusing process to license data. You know, there's a lot that goes into, can I display this? Is this internal use? Um, what am I getting access to? How much does it cost? And uh, because of the nature of data, that's most companies obfuscate that. They won't tell you what the price is. Um, and so we decided to do something very different. If you go to Intrinio.com, you can see um, that we now have just two tracks, two solutions, and each solution has three tiers. There is an equities track with a bronze, silver, and gold plan, and there is a options track with a bronze, silver, and gold plan. You can self-sign up for any of those plans. You can chat with our team, and we'll talk to you about the plan on the website, or you can schedule a sales call if you want to. But we wanted to get a lot of the questions that um, folks who are looking for data have out of the way right on the website. How much does this cost? Well, we're just going to tell you. Um, that is scary for businesses to do, especially in the data industry, because your competitors can find out what you're charging. Um, people are always price sensitive, um, but we thought that that transparency would be appreciated. And we also thought that um, based on the demand that we get from our customers, it's almost always in one of those two categories. They either want fundamentals and stock prices, um, along with ETF prices, or they want options. And it's either one of the two. A lot of clients end up buying both, and we can definitely sell a gold, silver, or bronze plan on either track to anyone who's interested. But we thought that by providing um, plans for equities customers, plans for options customers, would simplify things. And by displaying those prices, you know what it costs, you know what it costs to upgrade and to downgrade through those plans. Then a lot of the times um, companies try to do huge price increases after the first year or, um, you know, they try to, to jack up the price based on the size of your company. Uh, a nicer way to frame that is they try to give discounts to smaller companies um, based on their ability to pay. Um, but Intrinio's kind of found that, you know, we need to charge something because we have support, we have data quality teams, infrastructure teams, um, licensing costs of our own to obtain data, um, and the overhead of any business. So we have, we can't make it, uh, super affordable and super affordable data seem, tends to be low quality. 
but we also figured that um, we're we're selling only business solutions, business to business, and so we think we've got um, prices that will work for most businesses, and we would rather keep it simple, make it easy to understand, than here and there be able to charge differential pricing. So, um, if you go to our website, you'll see that the bronze plans have end of day data, it's also known as historical data. Uh, it's delayed by at least 24 hours, and for both options and equities, that um, that has the closing prices from yesterday uh, that'll be accessible today, and that's really good data for charting historically, um, for testing out our API, for um, building graphs and uh, doing back testing, all kinds of popular uses for that, and that's typically included in our bronze plans, uh, which are a very affordable, easy place to get started with Intranio. Then on our silver plans, we have 15-minute delay data. That includes 15-minute delayed streaming options prices on the options track and 15-minute delayed uh, equities prices on the equities track. We've done a lot of work and research to find streaming solutions that are affordable and still high quality. And we've talked about this extensively on the podcast that oftentimes real-time solutions are um, very expensive or very low quality. And we wanted to be able to offer something that had the high quality you'd find on a more expensive exchange with lots of volume and uh, low latency and low drift from the MBBO, but also had a, a price tag that was affordable for businesses because um, all of our clients are trying to make a profit on many of them are just trying to stay in business. So um, we know that data budgets are always constrained. So we worked really hard to provide that middle of the road solution that would, that had the best benefits of all worlds on the 15 minute delayed um, silver plans for both tracks. And then we have real time for um, the gold plans on both equities and options. And one of the big benefits of working with Intrinio is that on those plans that um, have market data or options data, we work with you and your team to make sure that you're licensed properly with the exchanges and that uh, the challenges that come with obtaining that data are all met properly so that your company is abiding by SEC regulations and the exchange regulations. But I think you'll find if you dig into the data that we actually um, have a lot of benefits in those areas that make the total cost of ownership for our data much simpler. Then there is a platinum tier if you want it, which is the way we've always done it, which would be to put together a custom solution. And um, for our silver, gold, and platinum customers, there are other data sets that we can add for you. And we'd love to um, talk about adding ETF data, rather, uh, estimates data, mutual funds, um, and news if your platform needs it. But we thought that this solution would be easier for us to sell, easier for customers to buy, more transparent and would fit the needs that most of our customers were coming to us for, which was either that options or equities track. And uh, we hope you love them. My first guest today is Valentin Mollet, co-founder and CTO of Alquant. Alquant is a Swiss fintech focusing on enhancing traditional asset management through quantitative methods and artificial intelligence. Thanks for joining us today, Valentine. Yeah, thanks, Andrew, for having me. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you ended up starting Alquant? Sure, sure. So my background is actually not at all in uh, finance or investing. Uh, I have a master's degree in computer science and data analysis. 
Uh, and I worked in big tech companies before, like Google, Facebook, and Microsoft. Uh, so I was really not uh, in uh, in finance at all. Uh, but the reason why we I ended up there at Alcorn and co-founding the company was that uh, I met a friend, an old friend of mine, uh, one day, um, which which was Guillaume, our current CEO. And Guillaume actually explained to me a current project that he was working on with a friend of his. Kuang, which is our CIO currently. Uh, and he was telling me, yeah, listen, so we are, we, you know, we worked in uh, big financial companies before, but we saw how, you know, the, um, all the different uh, stra- investment strategies were run and we really feel like it's not optimized at all. They're, they don't use a lot of technologies. There is definitely a market there. So we want to try to open our own uh, quantitative asset management firm. And uh, at that point, the, the, their main issue was, there, was that they, they were both studying quantitative finance and they didn't really have a strong background in, in tech itself. So building scalable systems like infrastructure, getting automated uh, data automatically. Uh, so all of the kind of things. So they, they were looking for a third co-founder to actually start a company. And that's when Guillaume pitched me the idea. And I said, listen, I've worked in big companies before, I think would be interested, interesting to dive in this kind of industry, which uh, at, at the time, at least, I was really thinking that uh, they were lagging behind in terms of technology as well. So it was a good match. And that's why we decided to, to actually found Alcon. That sounds familiar. That's my story, too. I wasn't into <laughs> finance, but I found some folks that worked in the industry and had seen problems in their own um, experience mm-hmm. that they wanted to set out to solve. Can you talk a little bit more about those problems that Alquan is solving? Like specifically, what are the challenges that uh, your co-founders saw in the industry that you set out to fix? Sure, sure. So I, I would say there was three main pain points that they've seen. Uh, the first one was a bit about the update of the data. Um, you know, all those companies, they, they have a lot of Excel sheets, as you probably know, right? They, they don't like, uh, APIs. It's, uh, it's not their, their stuff, at least previously. Now they're maybe starting a bit to, to change. Uh, so the, the way they update their data is really a manual, a lot of manual work, a lot of people working on it, typing stuff on Excel sheets, uh, checking the prices on Bloomberg or whatever the, the, the old uh, way of doing it was. Um, and, uh, so it was really, inefficient, right? Uh, so that was the first pain point, uh, was automation was not really there. Uh, the second one was uh, based on the investment decisions that those companies, uh, were taking. Uh, A lot of those were, uh, basically having a, a big meeting with all the important people, let's say, uh, and, uh, every quarter and decide on what to do with, uh, their assets. Like, uh, what should we invest in? Should we change our position? Should we rebalance this way or that way? And it was more based on, you know, articles they've read before, uh, on, uh, a bit sentiments of themselves and really not in a quantitative way, which, which is a real, I mean, which is quite tough, I, I would say, because how are you sure that, uh, your decisions would lead to a, a strategy that makes sense? How can you ensure some, some kind of risk, uh, like less risk? Of course, you have like, they have some process that allows them to not breach some stuff, but all the decisions was basically uh, were based on more sentiments than actually uh, quantitative or uh, quantitative uh, numbers or whatever uh, it, it would be. So it was the the other pain points. 
Um, and then the last pain point was more about reporting, uh, on, of the different funds or products that those companies were, uh, were, uh, distributing or were creating. Uh, a lot of people are used to receive maybe once a month or to at least being able to download once a month a PDF, which would say, Oh, here is your performance in the past months for this product. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, this is, uh, at least to us, didn't feel like something from 2021 or 2020 or 2018 when we launched the company. Uh, it was more like something from maybe 1999 or I don't know, you know, before uh, that time. Uh, so, so this we wanted to change as well. Like the, the reporting file, we wanted to have more transparency and also more, you know, data uh, updated daily. You can access um, your your different investments in your in uh, different products on a daily basis on a, on mobile on a desktop wherever so this was a bit uh, those were the three points that we we wanted to change yeah you know if you're only making <laughs> investment decisions yeah, yeah. every few months or something you're so far behind and it's and, and yes. like they you know it's basic finance 101 is not to be emotional to make data driven decisions mm -hmm. but also then the humans that are using this investment intelligence they don't want to wait either they don't want to wait for their monthly pdf to know what's going on it's it isn't modern and it's not a scientific exactly approach to investing it makes a lot of sense to me mm -hmm. um so you've you before you came to alquant you've been working in technology at some and some very big companies and probably that had a more modern approach than some of the the financial world can you talk a little bit more about the the technology that you brought from your own background like the, this artificial intelligence and the data um, the mm -hmm. data piece. Um, how did you bring that to Alquant to to make that change and make the industry a tool for the industry that would be a little bit more modern? As you said, the, I would say the industry I was working on before the companies, the type of companies were quite different. Um, mainly in there, there are two two parts where are quite linked, but uh, that I would I, I took from those companies to also include in Alquant and in in our vision. It was everything about automation and uh, scalability. Uh, I think in those um, tech companies, they really think about uh, about scalability first of all. Like, can we scale this? Like, if we build that, uh, would it does it mean a lot of technical depth? Like, do we need to rebuild everything after because we didn't think about this way or this way? Uh, how can we profit more by building a certain kind of product um, if we have uh, more uh, more cu customers or clients? So. Uh, scalability is really something we always keep in mind when we build new features on our platform or we want to maybe open a new, a new branch of our company or something like this. We always want to make it available as much as possible to as many people as possible. Um, and the second part is more about automation. So as we spoke before, it's more, a bit, it's more straightforward, but there is not a lot of automation in the, in the industry, uh, yet. I mean, a lot of uh, manual work. Uh, so, Everything that you had to do twice in those tech companies, you would automate pretty much, mm -hmm. right? People hate to do twice the same stuff. Right. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. I have to say, not always for the for the better. But uh, this automation was pretty much inexistent in uh, in the companies we've seen in the financial industry. So we want to really push that into our company. Yeah, that's a bit the two main points. Uh, I would say that everything around AI is. I would link it to automation. AI is used for us, not in the investment process. So we will never actually invest in a position because some model uh, told us to uh, to do, some AI model told us to do. Uh, 
uh, we might do that in the future. Now we didn't have really the bandwidth to do that. Um, we need to, to, to explore more a bit, uh, you know, explainable AI. How do you understand the, the actual under the, the features uh, that you feed into the model? How do they play a role in the actual decisions at the end? So this we didn't explore too much. But what we did is that uh, in the research process, when we when our quants are researching on uh, a new strategy, a new indicator or something like this, they would use uh, artificial intelligence to basically drill down to important features or features that seem uh, interesting, uncorrelated, or like uh, that will bring the most information uh, to, to, the, to the solution they're trying to solve. So this is one way that we are using AI. So more to help our, uh, our quants to basically drill down to uh, only maybe a few, uh, a few features, like a t tens of features instead of having hundreds of them. Um, and another way of using AI in our company, which is more like what we're doing right now. It's more really research now, but it's, uh, we want to overcome the, um, the issue of overfitting backtests. Mm. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are I with that, very, but, very um, the, the pro yeah. tell, tell me about <laughs> okay, it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so basically uh, the, the issue is that, uh, if you try to find a good, very good model, right? Uh, even if you do it without AI, uh, just changing some parameters saying, oh, when the price is below this or uh, whatever you want to do in your algorithm, the more you do it and the more you test your strategy to see if it's good, the more chance you have to overfit and think you have a good strategy, but actually you, you made it like, uh, good because in the past, this, exactly this stuff happened. For example, if you have a strategy that says, yeah, never invest on Mondays, <laughs> but actually because in the past there was, there were like maybe seven Mondays, which were really, really bad, right? In the past, but you cannot assume that this is something that will hold on in the future, right? This is, yeah. this is probably noise, probably. So our way to, tackle this issue right now is to use generative adversarial networks. So we want to create synthetic financial data in the same way that, you know, you, you've seen those pictures of fake people, mm -hmm. right? Uh, online. Um, we want to create fake time series or financial time series that would follow certain kind of characteristics. Um, typically if we want to replicate, I mean, um, create a, a GAN that would be able to produce uh, equity-like um, time series, we would feed with some uh, equity uh, time series. If we want something to create VIX-like uh, time series, or so the volatility index, we would feed maybe the, with the volatility index and see how the model is able to create uh, synthetic uh, data based on this. So we having kind of the same features, you know, the same kind of movements, but in different times and uh, different ways so that we could actually generate kind of different paths that didn't exist, sure. but that our quants can use when uh, building their models. And then at the end, uh, use the real path to, 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 to do the final test. If you want to see how it, it would have performed. I see. So you're, that's a bit like a, something very, crazy. yeah, you're training the model with synthetic pass and testing the model with the actual past to avoid um, yeah. being overconfident, basically, to say, did we mm -hmm. build a model that we're going to use to predict the future that actually predicts the past? So, yes. 
So we, but we, when you, when, uh, when we build those models, we actually don't use AI to build the model, the, the models that will take the decisions again. We would, uh, the, the, our team will actually, uh, use statistics, like many statistics, some, uh, uh, some algorithm, but no AI when, when we kind of train, if you want. The training part is more like here manual because we want to avoid the risk of the model, uh, being able to, realize uh the underlying um gun behind it so that then we would have some kind of issue because we have two ai that would understand each other and then it would understand that the ai was built this way so i mean this is we we, we didn't really look into it too much but we were scared that some some things could happen if you actually use ai on synthetic data like interesting this. So we avoided it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe it would work, right? But we decided not to go this route also because we want to have more, uh, explainability when we build our, our models. And when we, when we talk to potential investors, we want to be able to ex exactly explain, okay, this is the reason it took this decision or took th this decision. Yeah. You're avoiding the hubris of saying just because we can do this, we should, and then we should set the thing free because mm -hmm. there's examples all over in our industry of folks who thought they could predict something and then there was an event they couldn't foresee and you know their models didn't perform well mm -hmm. so you're using them almost as like mm -hmm. a, a to assist your quantitative analysts so that the, yes. the artificial intelligence and machine learning can drill down to the truth and use very sophisticated um, modeling to prevent overfitting but at the end of the day we're going to apply some logic and some human kind of um, assessment to make sure that that this is defensible and these positions that we're taking um, have a little bit of oversight that you can explain to your customers. Yeah. 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 It's basically addressing the, there was a pain point in the team. It's like, okay, we know that the more you backtest, the more chance you have to overfit. Uh, but then it's quite annoying to, to research the investment strategies while not being able to actually test it. Right. right. So we want to have like some kind of playground for them. Uh, to actually test it and then actually te uh, to, to try it, right? And then at the end, when they're happy with their with their uh, strategy in, in the playground, we'll then take it out and test it on the real past data. Fascinating. This is a bit our, our strategy. Yeah, it's a very innovative approach and it, it's involving data and human experience and best practices and keeping everything extremely um, unemotional but also um, understandable for your clients. And how, how has it been performing? Have you been getting good results with this kind of hybrid approach? So the, 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 this approach with the GAN stuff and the synthetic data, this is really something we're trying out right now. So wow. we didn't like uh, use it in a live product. Uh, we, it's been a few months that we were trying it out and it's quite uh, impressive how it's able to generate really I would say realistic um, time series for the type of data that we would give it. For I mean, an example is that we 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 use the VIX, um, so the volatility index, and the S&P 500, um, and you know they have they have um, they work together kind of. So when there is a lot of volatility in the S&P 500, then the VIX will go up. Right. Uh, that's a bit. So they have uh, some kind of correlation. Uh, I forgot the term, but yeah. uh, correlation. Yeah. So we wanted to see if the model would be able to. Uh, if the GAN so, uh, would be able to to uh, to see those correlations, to understand how they would they work together, those two time series, and then to output realistic uh, time series that would also, you know, when when the the fake S and P five hundred would uh, be very volatile, then 
the the fake VIX should also go up. Right. Right. And this we have we, we have had really good results with that. So this shows that there is really potential on that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very promising approach. And is that what's coming next for Alquan? Are you going to turn this strategy into an investable um, solution for your clients? Uh, in the following months, we will be launching a new product, a new fund, actually, uh, which we, we have worked on it for uh, almost two years because we had a lot of regulation mm-hmm. uh, to pass. Um, but now it will be launched with uh, around 30 million uh, US dollars um, to start with. And we the goal is not to include this uh, the topic I spoke with you right before directly in it, but to to implement it like maybe uh, incrementally. I see. So like we we will in any case we will paper trade uh, with this strategy to see how it works for a, for a few months and then if uh, it shows promising results then we would integrate it gradually in our in our new uh, new strategies. Yeah. Typically the the new fund that we we created. Well, like a traditional investor uh, so would dollar cost average into a position and you're kind of dollar cost averaging mm-hmm. into the the strategy so that you don't yeah, you don't bet the farm. On, yeah, we don't want to go all at once. Right. That's good. I'm sure that'll give yeah. folks confidence that not only they're getting like this cutting yeah. edge research in this tool, but there's some human judgment behind it to say, let's, let's test. Let's be very confident. Let's ease our way into the strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love, yeah. I love it. Um, and so exactly. your, your website is Al. Alquant stands for algorithmic quantitative. I learned today, um, but alquant.com. <laughs> so if folks come to your website. Can they learn more about these strategies and, 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 uh, sign up? So actually on our website, alquant.com, we have a, a button on the top, right? Which is written platform. And this is where we display our different strategies and updated daily. We have our indicators. So folks can come here, uh, learn about what we do. Uh, follow our strategies every day. They can subscribe to our indicators packages if they want to, you know, they don't want to invest in our products, but they want to still have access to, um, indicators made by quants. Mm. Uh, they could do that. So yeah, you can go. It's a platform.alquant.com or just alquant.com and on the top right. Awesome. So you're not only creating investable strategies and funds and going through the regulations to set those up, um, with all the scrutiny that you face, mm-hmm. but you're also providing these strategies as data points that other um, investment yes. in platforms or firms could use in their own investment strategy. Yeah, so we have yet yeah, this indicators uh, part, which is really here to, you know, actually the story is that when we started, we couldn't really open a product because we had no uh, tracking record, a uh, track record, mm-hmm. sorry. So we needed a way to show potential investors that our strategies were good uh, and our indicators made sense. So we built our indicators and said, listen, we, we have a platform now. We can follow our indicators. Don't don't invest in it, uh, in us yet, but just follow this and you will see uh, in a few months that we will beat uh, what we said we would beat. Uh, and this this is what happened. And this is how we got our first uh, customers and first investors. And now this is uh, we also distribute those indicators to um other asset managers that are less quantitative that don't have the bandwidth to actually or the yeah, the, the skills maybe to um, to build those kind of indicators but you can still use them to include them in their own strategies nice that's great all right well I love it the website is alquant.com and Valentin thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me I really enjoyed it thank you for joining me on this season of fintech what the heck we appreciate 
everyone who listened to the show and hope you learned something new. This is a wrap on Season 1, but we'll be back in a few months for more of What's New in Fintech. I'll see you then.